You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. So if you've been here for the last few weeks, you'll know that uh, we're in a series that we've called Toxic. And we're dealing with a number of, of issues dealing with things that are toxic. And toxic in the context of our uh, conversations here for these series is anything that contains poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death. That's what is toxic. We start off, we talk about toxic thoughts. How what we think and how what's in our brain, the things we process, can affect us positively but also negatively. Toxic influences the things that are outside that come into our life and how those can influence us in a negative way. Next week, um, actually, Pastor Farrell Lemmings, who's the, the senior pastor, um, uh, primary uh, provides overall leadership for all the campuses, primary leadership for uh, the Cornelius campus. is going to be here um, next Sunday morning, and he'll be sharing with toxic religion. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the topic of toxic words. And if you have your Bibles, or if you want to follow along the screen, the passage we're going to use as kind of a launching point for this morning comes from the book of Psalm. Psalm is a collection of poems, if you will. Um, It's actually a collection of prayers um, as well. And so one of these is written by King David. And so we're going to read a passage of this uh, here. Let's read it together. It's just four verses. I think we we can do that. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Not a very exciting passage, is it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, as we've just gotten a glimpse of David's emotions in this point, in this time, as he's written this, and Father, as we dig a little deeper, I pray, Father, that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our minds to understand what is happening. And uh, so, Father, we, we commit this, uh, the rest of our time together to you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so a number of years ago, uh, I had uh, surgery on my shoulder. And, uh, the, you know, after it was over, and I had, you know, your arms in a sling, and, and the doctor said, you need to wait three days before you can take a shower. You know, just because give the sutures everything time to heal before you get in there and, and uh, get it wet and stuff. So, day three comes, and I am, uh, I'm in the bathroom now because I'm ready, to, you know, I want to take a shower. It's been three days, and, and uh, I discovered that instead of, they literally were three half-inch incisions. Okay, one here, one on the side, and one in the back. But instead of just putting literally band-aids on those spots, they crafted this huge bandage. I was like, it looked like the hunchback of Notre Dame. It was this huge thing. It was all one piece that just covered everything. And the tape they used was fairly aggressive. Okay, and and so I'm, I'm one-handed, and I can't, and I, and I, 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 I was able to get the back of it off and I kind of flipped it over and I quickly discovered that whoever put this on didn't shave my chest before they put the tape on it. 
Yes, all you men are cringing right now because you know what I'm talking about. Now, I am not hairy by any definition. But I have enough hair to know I'm in serious trouble. Okay, this is, this is painful. And I need help. I've got one hand, again, my shoulder's in a sling. It's funny how I actually take the position. I'm not moving my shoulder here. And so I, so I, I call Betsy. I said, listen, what I want you to do, because it's, it's, it's flopping now. I've got this big thing, and, but it's attached here. I said, just hold this while I cut it with scissors, and I'll just work on it in the shower. And so she comes in, and she goes, well, why don't you just rip it off with one big pull? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I calmly and with great panic in my voice said, no, no, just hold it, let me cut it off. Um, now, what happened next literally happened within a second, maybe two, but it is so vividly etched in my mind, it, it is as if time stood still and moved in very slow motion. Because as, as she's holding it, I've got this, and just as I'm up ready to cut, I look up and I notice the expression in her face changes. <laughs> you ever notice somebody who's actually working something out in their mind? They've got this kind of, and they're just, you can tell they're figuring it out. That was what she was looking at, but it switched to the, the expression was now, I've made a decision. <laughs> And I knew exactly what the decision was, but before I could do anything, she pulled down on this really hard. Just yanked down with both hands, just pulled down on this bandage. I screamed because it was so, so painful. Uh, it was, it was, but, 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 it's, but it wasn't just the pain. It was the emotional trauma of how could she do this to me? <laughs> You know, she took an oath to love me and care for me, and, and and I'm feeling all this pain and hurt, and and then in my horror, I realized the bandage was still attached. But before again I could do anything, she pulled on it again a second time, as hard as she could, and this time it came off. And now where there was, used to be hair, I had this big V, bald spot. So where there used to be hair was now replaced with all these red dots of blood uh, that were there. The pain and the betrayal wasn't actually the most, the most troubling part of this story. Um, so over the years, I've had the opportunity to share this story a few times. And here's the troubling part. In no instance has any woman ever said to Betsy, that was a terrible thing to do. <laughs> Why would you do that to your husband? Why, how could you treat him in such a way? No, no. What she hears time and time and time again is, way to go. <laughs> or, or, that was great. Or, here's the kicker. If I ever have a chance like that, I'm pulling it too. <laughs> So men, if you're sitting here next to your wife and she or your fiance or girlfriend or any woman actually and they're looking at you with this sweet smile and they're they're acting all precious and demure, don't believe it. 
I promise you, I promise you the first chance she gets, she's going to rip the hair right out of your chest. (sighs) Even now, all the women here are celebrating. (laughs) Do you ever notice that it's usually the people closest to us who cause us the most pain? And sometimes the most hurtful experiences are not even physical. As traumatic as my experience was, there weren't long-term effects, although we did have to work on some short-term trust issues. Um, But really, that was it. It It was over. I've observed that some of the most painful, hurtful experiences in life come not from physical activity, but words spoken to us. Some of us have had our lives altered in drastic ways as a result of words spoken to us. Words like, why do you even bother? You're such a loser. Or, you'll never amount to anything. Why aren't you married yet? You're such a disappointment. Or, I don't love you anymore. Words can devastate us. This is how David was feeling in the passage we just read. He was verbalizing it, he was expressing it in words on on, in his in the psalm we're reading. Remember, Psalms is like a diary. It's David's blog, if I use contemporary terms, and and they're tied to life, actual life events. So he wasn't just writing theory. Something would happen and he would go and write about it. Sometimes it was really good and they're joyful psalms or joyful um, poems or, or anecdotes or stories. Sometimes they're incredibly painful. Now, here's the thing. We don't really know what caused David to write that particular psalm. I can't say specifically with, with 100% accuracy this is what it was. However... It really fits the season of his life when we see in 1 Samuel chapter 20. In this point in time, David had already been anointed king of Israel. Okay, so he is anointed. In God's eyes, he's the king. But he's not taken the throne. In fact, the guy who God has rejected and put in his place is still in control, Saul. And Saul accuses David of some really bad things to the point where Saul is now trying to find David and kill him. So because of these false reports and because of what was said about David, what Saul had believed, he was now on the run. And it gets even worse. He runs to his enemy. He runs to one of the Philistine, or one of the Canaanite rulers nearby to try and hide out there. And even there, false reports come against And they say, David, you can't trust David. He'll betray you. And all these things that were bad, David finds himself on the run from them as well. So here he is, the anointed king of Israel, on the run, not just from his own king, but from an enemy king. And he finds himself roaming around, hiding in caves in the wilderness of Israel, southern part of Israel. He was dejected. He was demoralized. Very little hope. Largely because of words spoken by other people. 
You know, we've heard that phrase, sticks and stones may break our bones, but names will never hurt you. It's one of the biggest lies ever created. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but they more often than not will heal. Some of us are still years, if not decades later, carrying the wounds and living out the wounds of words spoken to us long ago. So again, in this series, we're talking about toxic and anything that containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death. Toxic words, then, in this context, are words that can crush one's spirit, destroy relationships, and cause people to act in ways detrimental to their own well-being. So get that. So words are spoken to you. They have such an effect that causes you to act on your own in ways that are detrimental to you. So, here's the irony. So words we know, and as I've just talked about a little bit, words can have a very profound effect on us in a negative way. Words can also be very positive as well. There is either way. There's both good and bad use of our words. Notice the contrast in these verses. There's four different verses in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 12 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords. In contrast to that, The tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 13, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. The tongue has a power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words can have good effect or negative detrimental effect. So how should we then think about toxic words? A few thoughts. One, guard your heart against toxic words. Proverbs 4 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So what's the danger of toxic words from others? For me, it's we believe there's an element of truth in them. And we start living our life as if they are true. What happens is that someone says something negative or says something that's toxic to us, and it reinforces our own insecurities. And so maybe it's true. And so we begin then to do those detrimental things because we've accepted that toxicity of those words have begun to affect us and come into our life. Maybe I am a loser. Maybe I am an airhead. Maybe I will never will amount to anything. Maybe I'm not worthy of someone else's love. My dad grew up uh, in the home of immigrants. He was a first-generation American, born his father, came from Hungary. Um, he was a high school dropout that had never finished high school. And yet, he owned his first business when he was 18 years old. His goal in life was to retire at 45 a millionaire. And he was well on his way to getting there. Until in his mid-20s, felt the call to ministry and walked away from all of it and went, uh, got his GED, went to Bible college, and uh, 
turned around three churches in the years I was growing up. And uh, just clearly there was some God-given ability in my dad's life. He had the capacity to do some things, and certainly that was there. But none of it would have been put to use had he listened to what others thought about him. I always think it's interesting. One of the things that he told me, he's told me uh, even recently, he said something along the lines of, Sam, I was never properly trained for any job I've ever had. But I didn't let the words and expectations of others determine what I thought I could do or not do. Here's what I've come to learn is that you can't control what other people say about you, but you can control what you believe. If you will accept what they have to say, or if you'll just leave it out there and say, I'm not going to take that. That's one thought. Another thought is this. Speak life-giving words to others every chance you get. So not only are we the recipients of words, both good and bad, toxic and healthy, we're actually also the contributors into other people's lives. Some of my, I don't know about you, but some of my bigger regrets in life are like, oh, I can't believe I said that. What was I think? You know, it's, and, and this is this idea of, yes, we have, a re, we have some things on our end about words come to us, but we have a responsibility about the words that actually come from us towards other people. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We really need to hold back the toxic words that we might be inclined to speak. What's interesting is toxic words, and most things toxic in general, I mean, there's, if you have a significant dose, it can be instant impact. But one of the other dangers of toxicity is that it's a cumulative effect. And it accumulates in your body. And sometimes the verbal barbs that we share with someone may in and of themselves may not affect them at that moment. But over time, months, years, there's this cumulative effect that builds up in their life. Some of you um, may be aware that, um, I don't know if I, if I, did I share about our kitchen odor? Did I share that with you before? Some of you knew about it, but let, so let me do this. So about a month ago, two months ago, I mean, a few of us, we were walking the kitchen there, and it's like, what is that? It, you know, it just, it smelled like something was spoiled. And, uh, and so it was, you know, so, if, you know, we, if you look around, nothing. We can't figure it out. And then we'd come, I'd come back like a week later or during the week and go in there, and nothing. I didn't smell anything, so I don't know it was, you know. But another week or two later, it's like, man, and it's even a little stronger. And did, did a mouse die in the wall? You know, I mean, Mark and Christy took, they tore that kitchen apart. I mean, they're pulling everything away, looking, pulling the refrigerator. I mean, just, I was actually up standing on the counter in the ceiling tiles trying to see if, you know, sometimes things are up there. Nothing. We can't find anything. Mark finally um, was talking to the guy who did, who's in charge of the renovations of our building. And we learned that there was a washer and dryer in that spot that used to be there in the previous configuration of the building. 
and I remember behind the, fi- the refrigerator is actually a dryer vent. So I said, okay, that's where the dryer was. The washer probably went away. Well, what do you know about a washer hookup? You've got the water inlets. There's also a drain thing as well that has a trap in it for the water that then goes into the sewer. For months, it was fine. But as over time, well, so what, what Mark discovered is that on a hunch, he pulled back part of the, um, the um, backsplash, and there it was. There was the washer. So whoever renovated that part just put the backsplash up over that hookup and didn't bother plugging that downspout. What had happened, the water had evaporated, so the water actually created a seal between the room and the sewer line. As over time, as that water evaporated, we were now getting gases coming up into the room. And it was, by the time we figured out, it was really bad. Um, <laughs> toxicity has that effect. At first, like, I don't like that, but we keep moving. Over time, though, it becomes almost incapacitating in what it can do in our lives. Those verbal barbs we give each other sometimes, meant in jest and in fun, over time, if they become patterns, they become more hurtful than they do become helpful. Be a person who speaks life to others, especially in the home. Especially in the home. I remember um, Peter, our youngest, um, who, by the way, ran the marathon last week. Um, so we we're really proud of him. And uh, uh, it was just a great time to be with the kids up in Pittsburgh. Uh, but Pete, when he was eight years old, uh, so he's just a little guy, I remember one day he said, Pete, I just love you and you're the best. And, and I said, Pete, if I could pick any eight-year-old boy in the whole world, I would pick you. And he's like, no, I don't know. you know, and he's, you know, Pete didn't, Pete never been one to accept affirmation really well. But um, even at that age, it's, well, you have to, you're my dad. And I'm like, no, 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 Pete, you don't understand. If I, if I had, if you took all the eight year old boys in the entire world and lined them up, and I could pick any one of them to be my son, I would pick you. And he just gets this little smile on his face and runs off. And, uh, but it's those kinds of words that you want to build into people. Whether it's your child, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your parent. What are we doing? What are we saying that actually builds life into them for their benefit, not because it makes us feel better? So guard your heart against toxic words. Speak life-giving words to others every chance you get. And number three, speak life-giving words to yourself and to your circumstances. One of the dangers of toxic words from others is that we begin to accept them as our own. So this differs from the first point in that the first one is that the words have come in. At this point, we've begun to accept them as truth. And they become our own words. And we become just like David. Given even with a room our size, I would suspect that there may be one or two here that are feeling really kind of just like David. Dejected, defeated, devastated by the words someone else spoke to you sometime in your past. You may even feel like you're wandering around in your own personal wilderness hiding in a cave. You know what I've discovered? 
God does some of his best work in the back of caves. You can hear the effect of the taxings of these words in David's life in verses 1 through 4, the words we just read. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I have in, live in sorrow in my heart? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God, or I will sleep in death. I will die. My foes will rejoice when I fall. David was defeated. He was done. But then something happened to him. You see, the psalm that we read doesn't end in verse 4. There's another verse. Verse 5 picks up. Actually, two verses. Verses 5 and 6. David shared all this, but but then he says this. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. The antidote to toxic words is the realization that the only words about you that matter are from God. You are who God says you are. God looks at you just like I looked at my son Peter and says, I pick you. And if I had it to do all over again, I would pick you. I love you. Not because I'm obligated to, not because I need to, but because I just do. When we can fully embrace God's words about us, everything changes. Everything changes. Our circumstances no longer define us. The words of others no longer affect us. So let me ask you this question. What toxic words have you accepted as truth in your life? They've eroded your confidence, stolen your joy, even denied you hope in the future. I love the, the saying, don't talk to God about your mountains. Tell your mountains about God. I am who God says I am. I am a child of the King. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we've uh, just looked at this time with David, very conscious of just the work that was going on in his life in this moment, where he's sharing his thoughts and feelings and hurt and and just really wiped out. But in the midst of that, Lord God, he found you. In the midst of his pain, in the midst of his turmoil, he came to a place where he recognized your love and your mercy on him. Where whatever his circumstances were, he no longer had to live his life by them. Those did not define him. The words of others, what they believed about him, the the actions of others that they took against him, none of that mattered. He was free of that bondage. He was cured of that toxicity in his life. Lord, may we have that same experience here. Lord, my prayer is for anyone who has been carrying a toxic word in their life. 
whether it came as a, as a child or something that happened yesterday, Lord, may you free them from that. Lord, may they find the antidote in you. May they realize that they no longer have to live their lives according to that pattern. But because of the truth that comes from you, we have a new script. We have, we, our script is, our future is not written. Our past no longer has to define our future. We can allow you to work in us and through us. So, Father, my prayer again is that you would bring healing this morning where it is needed. And, Father, may we surrender to your truth in our hearts and lives as day, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.